Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Becoming Unassailable podcast. This podcast is all about helping your executive and leadership team embrace forward change together so that your organization can become unassailable and thrive despite volatility. My name is Mark Kenny, speaker, author, strategic advisor, and each episode, we'll tackle a challenge that is keeping your executive or leadership team from moving forward together. In this episode, we tackle the problem of personality clashes on your team, how people are actually behaving on the team, the resulting impact to your team, and how to deal with it. And for this challenge, I turn to an expert who has been working with executives and their teams for years. Liz Weber provides strategic and succession planning services, executive coaching, and comprehensive leadership development programs. Get this, everyone. She's written 10 leadership books and has worked with organizations in over 20 countries. I know Liz. Liz is very well-respected, very practical. She knows what she's talking about. You are going to hear very practical recommendations for tackling those clashes between people, including when you're the leader or when you're not the leader. So please don't forget to subscribe to this plot podcast. Please forward it on to somebody else and invite them to listen. And let's get on to the conversation. Liz Weber, thank you for joining me today. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too, Mark. Thank you for asking. You are welcome. So you and I had a brief interaction on LinkedIn about the increase in personality clashes and their effect on leadership teams, really lots of teams and organizations. So from your perspective, how are personality clashes affecting teams and organizations today? Uh, I think profoundly, to to say it very, very straightforwardly, Mark. And, and the reason is, you know, when when you and I think to the type of leadership work that we do with our clients, and when we're talking about personality and communication styles, whether it's Myers Briggs or DISC or which, whichever whichever assessment tool you want to refer to, a fundamental foundation of all of the the work and the theories behind personality studies is when individuals are under pressure, we tend to default to our most comfortable behaviors, which to me is my dominant personality and communication style. And just given the wacky world that we're living in right now with, you know, all the different pressures that are out there, individual team members are just becoming protective and we're getting into our defensive modes, which means we are defaulting to our more dominant styles more often. And for those of us that do any kind of communications training with personality styles, those personality styles clash because even though I might think I'm amazing and how I communicate is amazing, you may wrongly think otherwise. And when we are dealing with so many time frame pressures, so many um, you know shortages in supply chains, limited team members. Everybody's trying to deal with you know engagement and remote or hybrid or someone's sick and someone has a different perspective on this social issue or that social issue. Mm-hmm. We're just like you know what I got to take care of me and this is how I feel. So this is what I'm going to say. We're we're just trying to protect ourselves. And we come at it thinking you know, hey, I'm a pretty good team member, but if all these other people would change, then things would be a whole lot better. Yeah. At least that's the that's the tendency. Yeah. So can, can I ask a, a practical question? Like how does how does that manifest itself in the way, how are you seeing that? Like, is it overt behavior? 
in team meetings? Like, how are you actually seeing that show up? Um, it's team members saying things without thinking about the implications. Team members doing say, doing things, sending notes, sending emails, a text message, a Slack message, whatever it might be, and not thinking about the implications and the consequences, not thinking about how it's going to, as I say, how is it going to land with the other person? And really regressing in what many of us have already known and have done for years of, you know, hitting the pause button and button and thinking about how can I be a better team member before I say this or, or send it? We're just so busy. We just send it. So yeah, it's, it's people just speaking or, or commenting socially, digitally without thinking first. Um, and sometimes just doing it without caring about the consequences um, and much more individualistic behavior than thinking about how is this going to impact the team? How is this going to impact the customer? Uh, how is this going to impact the organization? So let me give you three different um, scenarios or three different people. Like I'm going into a meeting, I'm a little frustrated or maybe I don't even realize I'm that person what would you say to somebody like me? Like, how do I need to show up? How, how do I know when I am becoming that person, when I'm not thinking, and what can I do about it? How can I be a better team member, in other words? Watch the room. Watch the room, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person. Watch the room. Watch the faces. Watch the reactions. Watch the eyeballs. Um, if, if you do not have the visual capabilities, listen to the room, feel the tension, read the room. Um, and it's, it's pay attention to others other than yourself. And it's as basic as that. It's not really that complicated, is it? It's, it's not that complicated, but it's hard. Yes. Because you have to stop and, and hit pause on yourself first. Because Mark, you have to want to be better and be a better team member. And, and sometimes, you know, we're all working so hard, we think we are. And, and we don't hit pause to think, am, am I working so hard, but am I actually working in a way that's actually helpful to the entire team? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's, you know, I don't want to sound touchy-feely here, but, you know, if, if I bulldoze my way through um, and to get things done, Sure, I might get some things done, but the but the collateral damage in how I made you feel and the productivity of your team or how I made you look in front of your team could have a devastating impact on how you and I are going to work together for the next three years. I'm glad you said that because from my perspective, there's a lot of people that want their team to work like they want to show mm -hmm. up well. But it just seems like there's an increasing number of people that I, I don't know if they do want that. So. Mm -hmm. so they're just more, maybe more interested in getting my work done and, you know, being in this meeting, going away so I can get my work done, mm -hmm. especially if I'm working remotely, for example. So maybe the starting point is even like recognizing when I do that, I don't even care about the team experience. It has a detrimental impact. Mm -hmm. And it's my, it's my responsibility to sacrifice, if you will, for the sake of the team, because it's either positive or negative. It's not neutral. I'm either in, having a positive impact on the team or a negative impact on the team. So I appreciate you, you saying that. Maybe that's the place that it starts. Like I've got to want to have a positive impact so that 
I can just I can sit back and recognize what the impact actually is as I'm seeing around me. You know, Mark, I want to I want to just kind of add to that a little bit because I uh, this whole issue on personality clashes and 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 things it's it's the fundamental thread that that should be holding all of us together in whichever workplace or organization that that we're choosing to be a part of is got to be we have to fundamentally believe in why that entity exists and the work that it does its mission its culture whatever because as you were just saying in that example you know I, I can certainly relate to there are times, you know, when I come to work where I was like, you know, I really don't want to be here today. I want to go and do something with my family or with my horses or whatever it might be. But what draws me there is I believe in the work that's being done. And so I just I just want to, to kind of highlight the point that if there's a situation where there's a team member that has lost the belief in why they're a part of that organization in the first place and, and what that organization is doing, that makes it really hard to want to take the time to show up because then you're really just punching a clock. And I, I think that's a that's a really, really hard position to be in. Yes. And that makes me think of from a leader's perspective, constantly communicating why what we're doing is important and how it connects to the broader vision of the organization. Because especially these days, it seems really easy to lose that connection and lose that. Yeah. Yeah. So let me let me take a different perspective. I'm the leader. This is happening on my team. Like I don't like it. I know something needs to be done about it. It's awkward. It's ugly. What should I be doing? Um, I will tell you that exact scenario is what I'm doing with about six of my clients right now. Is exactly that. Um, and it's experienced execs and it's new in their position execs and. Mm-hmm. Most basically what we're doing is I'm literally having them sit down virtually hybrid in person, whatever the scenario may be, and let's have conversations about what type of entity and team do we want to become? And that sounds really touchy-feely, but there have been a lot of changes in personnel. There's been a lot of changes in expectations from customers. There have been a number of changes in products and services and the delivery mechanisms. There's been a lot of changes in the way that we work. So now is an opportunity to reset or clarify who we're going to be as an organization. And then what is that going to take from uh, an environmental and cultural perspective what kind of culture do we need to create so that you and I are going to feel good and excited about getting up every day and coming to work and however we're going to show up, whether it's on the screen or in person. And then <clears throat> let's talk about what do we need of Mark and what do we need of Liz and what do we need of Kier and what do we need of Rico and what do we need of Muhammad and what do we need of everybody else who shows up in their roles? How do we need them to be here so that they and we can all work well together for those we're choosing to serve? Love that. And almost guaranteed that some of the folks that are listening to this, we probably haven't done that in a few years. We've been mm-hmm. waiting to for whatever to happen. <clears throat> and so what I'm hearing you say, and I wholeheartedly agree, is like, it's time to make to get that clarity and talk about, okay, what type of team this is going to be. I love that. Yeah. Uh, what if there's something really overt? Like I see two people that just can't get along what would you? What advice would you give to a leader and how to deal with? In fact, let's say we've we've gone through the stuff with the team. We've we've gone through the clarity. This is the type <clears> of team we're going to be. There's two people that just can't seem to get along. Maybe it's political differences or whatever. What advice would you give to that leader? 
it's it's a matter of why are you here? What roles are you being paid to fulfill? And what are the obligations given those roles? I, I go objective um, because you just you guys get along. Because let's be honest, Mark, sometimes you and I, we've worked with people that, you know what, I can work with them. But at the end of the day, I'm glad I don't have to socialize with them. We've all been there. Yes. There are just some people that you just, you're just not comfortable with. But it's a matter of let's not focus on why personality-wise I may not like this individual, but how can I work with this person and her team? Or how can I work with this person and the information he needs to provide to me? I, I just keep it objective. And if that doesn't work... <clears throat> Excuse me. We re, we I have conversations and remind them of the values of the organization and how it's expected everyone must treat one another, and then they have choices. Um, they can choose to either abide by the values and model them and live by them, or they can choose to work someplace else. And it's it's going to be sad if they make a choice to work someplace else, but that's a choice they can make. And what I'm hearing you saying is, from a leader perspective, it's that important. We, we've all got to be on the same page and commit to this. We, we can't have somebody that's really not showing up as a team player if if that's their choice. They're not going to do it. Am I right? Yeah. And Mark, it, it's the timing of this is so important because right now, as I said before, there is an opportunity to reset or clarify the type of environment, the type of culture that you're going to create as a team, because that's an attraction possibility. And we all know you're fighting for good talent and you you want to have a reputation out there for your personality, for your organization's personality, for its culture. And if, if it, you know, in this day and age, if you are tolerating behaviors of individuals who are, are doing bare minimum and showing up and creating chaos in the work environment, that's a reflection of your leadership and that you're not protecting the environment that you promised employees you would provide for them. And, and you're wasting an opportunity. You're just wasting an opportunity. Not just for your reputation, but I, I'm sure you know as well. We both know that there's people on teams right now that are like, "Why am I doing this? This is exactly. not a fun environment. Why, why am I spending all this time? I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't even have clarity as to who we are. It, it's not fun. We're going in different directions. Mm -hmm. So it's not even a. I mean, it's an opportunity to get clarity, but it's like necessary. Mm -hmm. Like people are. We're going to leave because that's not there because right. the environment isn't isn't good. Yep, absolutely. Okay, third scenario. I'm a team member, I'm legitimately a good team member. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to show up well. I want the team to work, and I see some of this behavior happening on the team. It's not getting addressed. What we're talking about isn't happening. Instead of just backing away and not doing anything, what would you say to somebody in that position? Well, first off, Mark, you and I know this would never happen. This this scenario would never, ever happen at all. <laughs> so hypothetically speaking, um, two things. Um, and, and like you, this is the type of thing that quite often a manager will come up to me during a training program or something goes, so Liz. <laughs> how do you think I should handle this? And so my first suggestion is, have you spoken to your manager or have you spoken to the CEO or whomever, you know, whoever's up the chain of command about it? And I will tell you invariably, the answer is always yes. And it still persists. Invariably, 
yes, they've talked about it, or she knows, or he knows, or he's seen it. So that tells me the kind of culture that's permeating and the kind of culture that's allowed. So then my second piece of advice to an individual who sees this in this type of environment is, is simply this. Influence the realm that you can influence. And that is your department, your team, your whatever. You set the tone, you set the culture, you do what you can do within your zone of influence to create the type of environment that you choose to allow your team to succeed in. Um, and you basically create a bubble. If you can do that, if you love the work that you do, then keep a happy camp. Um, and if if it's so pervasive that it's a situation that is no longer comfortable for you, then there's an opportunity for you to make a choice. And I hate to be a downer on it, but that's just what I've seen in almost 30 years of doing this. Yeah, that's good. So it's like control what you can control and, and create it as healthy as you as you can. Yep. Love it. One other little question before we wrap up. Um, so some of the things we've talked about are a little more overt behavior. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there is, you know, there seems to be something on the team. We're not really talking about it. It's not real overt. And so I just let it be. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that scenario a little bit and perhaps why it's important that that we really talk about this stuff and not just brush it off as unimportant, even if it's a little more subtle, and I'm not even sure that it's there? That's a really good question. And um, I actually had this conversation with a client last week. Um, one of the things that we do fairly frequently with our clients is... Um, I do a lot of strategy work with clients. And so one of the things that we do before we kick off a project, again, it sounds kind of touchy feely is, but we kind of like, what are the ground rules that you team need to be able to work together? Cause you know each other. I don't know you yet. So, you know, how do you need one another to behave when we're doing this virtually or in person so that you get the most out of these work sessions? And then what do you need of me? And then, you know, so we kind of lay out these ground rules and then about a third of the way through, we do a check-in, another third of the way we do a check-in and, and we do a check-in after that. And the more times you do a check-in, as you get to know people, the more comfortable people are with saying, well, I think we need to stop having a lot of these sidebar conversations or, you know, when we're doing a remote meeting, we really need to keep the cameras on people. Um, team members will start they will start voicing themselves behaviors. Um, and if they don't, I will. Um, but I just share that because having check-in conversations with a team of saying, how do you think we're doing? What, mm -hmm. what could make our time together more productive? And unless you have an environment where candid comments have been squelched in the past, usually someone will say something that will start the conversation of we could we could make sure we come better prepared to these meetings or you know we might do a better job of making sure that everybody gets an opportunity to speak up during the meetings something like that so what i'm hearing you say liz is first of all we have to have this standard or expectation for how how we need to work together what how do we need to behave to work together mm -hmm. And then we need to talk about it yeah. <laughs> on a regular basis, like intentionally work on it because it's not just going to happen. It's hard, messy work. And we need to have those conversations yep. intentionally and routinely mm -hmm. to make sure that we're showing up the right way. And 
And if I could say, pulling from what you said before, like in, not shying away from something because it's uncomfortable, but embracing it because it's that important that we show up as a as a great cohesive team. It it really is, Mark. And it you know, for someone that that's never been exposed to this before, believe me, I this can all sound like just touchy feely, woo woo, unimportant stuff. I'm working with a quarry right now. You know, so I've got some really hard, smart, you know, deep, deep, deep working guys. And and we had these conversations of how are you guys doing as a team? Um, and when I'm talking about setting expectations for our our work sessions, I make them get very specific. So if someone's like, everybody needs to be here, I'm like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I, I need to, I need to be able to visualize that because I have to kind of like police the room. So explain to me, Mark, what that means. Everybody has to be here. Well, show up on time. Okay, show up on time. What mm-hmm. else? Better contribute what your what your department's doing. Give specific department updates. Is that what you meant, Mark? Yeah. Give specific department. I get very specific, so there is no doubt what the behavior expectations are in the room, and. And when I'm just very candid with them, I say, okay, you guys are going to show up. You're going to give department-specific expectations. We're going to make sure that when we're sitting in this room, nobody's sitting behind somebody else. Um, and no one's going to talk for more than seven minutes at a time. So everybody gets a chance. Is that all you guys want? Okay, good. Let's go. And when they realize, oh, that's all she was looking for? Well, that's that's kind of basic. <laughs> um, and, and they realize it sounded dumb but this might actually be helpful. This might actually help us get through a meeting that's productive when we get out of here on time. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes it's helpful um, just to plug the work you do and the work I do. Like sometimes it just, you just need somebody to say, oh, this is what we need to do. Like, like you said, it's not really that complicated. It's not easy, but we can do this. We can do this. We just have some of the tools in place. Yeah. And you yeah. make the time to do it. And you yeah. make the time to do it. Yes. Yep. Much wisdom, Liz. Thank you for sharing that. Um, give me a couple sentences on what you do and how somebody could reach out to you. Sure. Well, um, basically, I and my company, we do three things. We work with organizations on strategic planning, so facilitate retreats and leadership strategy sessions. As part of those conversations, we then start also talking about workforce and succession planning. So who's going to do the work that you need to get done over the next three, five, or 10 years? And then we do long-term executive coaching and leadership training for our, for our clients. Um, and your listeners can get a hold of me. I'm on social media, um, Liz Weber CMC. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you, Liz. And you've been doing this for a while. So you're, I've, you're really, I can attest, you're really good at what you do. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for spending a few minutes with me and talking about this really important topic. Thanks again, Mark. Have a great day. Thank you. You too.